gentlemen wait are you saying it worked finally it did wait a minute there was no glitch i know that just doesn't seem right this is hang up hang up but let's fuck this up we have to this is not right (laughs) we have to this don't even feel right god like we can get like right into it wow look at this semi-professional this week that means we can wrap up this 45 minute show in about six hours this is yeah (laughs) to get enough usable material (laughs) (laughs) that's about right the heck are you doing? My wife came out and clearing off the table. Oh, did she want? She knew you, we were recording. She knew we were recording at this time. Did so you she leave it a mess? Until we started to get up off the couch. I did not. Did she want to be on the Indeed. show this week? We got, we got some time. No, we had to talk. We had to talk about this before. <laughs> she does. She does not want to be on the show. I do not. That's why I said don't talk to me because I don't want to be on the show. Yeah, but you have. You uh, find, she's you on find the show now. To, exactly, you Jerry. She's on. Quietly. You laid on the couch for 15 minutes. Don't tell her, though. <laughs> Don't tell her. Oh, my goodness. You know this is on air now. I told her, real quick, <laughs> I was going to record this in my car. Co- what the hell's going on over there? I told her I was going to record this in my car. She goes, you can't do that. I go, nobody would know, and it would be quiet. This is true. So, speaking of short people. Yes. <laughs> did, did you see the... <laughs> The, the little video clip on Twitter with the guy spazzing out at the bagel place? No, nope. no. You haven't? I haven't oh. really been online a lot this past week, so I don't... It's on Fox News. Holy cow. Is it? Let me see if I can pull... Are you serious? Man gets tackled at bagel shop following a rant. That's it. That's it. Yep. A guy ends up tackling him. Okay, his name is Chris Morgan, a short man was seen ranting <laughs> at customers at a bagel shop. Here we go. I'm going to say, oh, you're five feet on dating sites? You should be dead? That's okay? Who said that to you here? Nobody. The women in general, I've said it on dating sites. You think I'm making that up? Everywhere I go, I get the same smirk with the biting lip. Sounds so like Joe out. Pesci. Do not God or my father or my thoughts. I think Joe Pesci's taller. He went totally nuts. Why are you smiling at me, says the manager. <clears throat> he says it's because I'm short. Oh my god, someone did attack him. There you go. Well, <laughs> there you go. There you have it. So how are you guys? I'm exhausted. Yeah? After work, I came straight home. Since I'm, I I'm, thought he was going to say, after work, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of. <laughs> oh. Do tell, Jerry. Brown I need a little brown excitement cow. in my life. No, I wasn't going to go anywhere there. Oh. No, this is my life. I that. came home to, uh, I, well, I'm, I'm flying out tomorrow morning, so I got to mow the yard. So I mowed the yard, did the weed eating. And it is so hot out. It's like 93 degrees. You ate weeds? No. Well, my weed eater did. Okay. A weed eater. I used a weed whacker. I ate weed one time in brownies. It's fantastic. <laughs> Jeez. Fucking derelict. <laughs> Degenerate fuck. Oh. Continue. You filthy animal. Uh. Um. No, okay, so I'm, I'm weeding along the house, and, you know, dirt is flying everywhere, nice. and then I think I hit some cat poop. It was disgusting. <laughs> and I still had... I know! I don't believe And that. I still had to go all the way around the privacy fence, so I still had probably a good another, you know, 20 to 30 minutes of out 93 degrees sun. It, it was... It was 
brutal. Oh, Pam pulls up in the driveway and she says, what's all over your face? I said, dirt. And I said, probably some cat poop too. <laughs> oh, it was, it, was, I was, it was so gross. So I uh, put on some shorts because I had to wear long jeans when you're weed eating. Otherwise your legs get cut, cut to ribbons from all the rocks flying and stuff. And I just well, went outside okay and just hosed myself up. Cat poop. <laughs> oh, yeah, it was it was so gross. I, I uh, uh, <laughs> so that's my life, glamorous life of a pro wrestler. There you go. But wait a minute, I, I can't I can't wait till you get my gift. Oh boy, now I'm nervous. You're going to appreciate the fuck out of it. And I'm not kidding. I'm not being my typical Mikey. Ha ha ha. Seriously, right. you're gonna love my gift. <laughs> Is it a cat poop cleaner? <laughs> no. No. Okay. Oh. You, you know the hat you know the hat you wear? Oh yeah. Yeah, my This I got you an Arctic hat. Ooh. Really? You, a you, toque? You soak you soak it in water, the top of it. Oh. And it keeps your head twenty degrees cooler. Awesome. Than the air. So I, I once I get that I'll be shipping it to you. Oh thank you. I think I think when about I was, your gardening, and I think about your, uh, your issues you have with the sun. So I made sure I'm going to get my friend a nice hat that's going to keep him cool. Well, I forgot to wear my hat today because okay. I was in a hurry because it looked like it might rain. But of course, once I started, it cleared all up, and uh, so I was just pulling some last minute weeds at the bottom of the fence that the weed eater couldn't get to, and all of a sudden I got this splitting headache, and I'm just going, "Oh, I better get some water in me." So, so I was out there for probably for a good hour and a half or so. No water. Forgot to drink water. And thought I was going to have a have an episode or something. <laughs> you have an episode? Well, okay. <laughs> what? I thought, I thought I, have you ever passed out from dehydration? No. It's not fun. It happened to me in Chicago one time. I've, was, I've passed out from too much hydration. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> yeah, but <it's, laughs> when you're talking about alcoholic beverages, you really are dehydrated. But uh, I was in Chicago. I was wrestling for AAW one time. And the two days before I left, uh, Pam and I went out to eat, and we got food poisoning. Oh, shit. So two days of food poisoning right before I leave. Were you, were, you, were you calling Earl? Oh, yes. I was screaming for Earl. <laughs> it was horrible. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so the day I'm flying and traveling, I'm just exhausted. I'm just beat. I have no energy. So, of course, on the way to the airport, I'm drinking coffee. And then when I land on the way to the building, I grab a couple energy drinks, like monster drinks and stuff. So Jeez. And, of course, it's even dehydrating me even further. Yep. And then I, it was hot in the building. I think I had like a 20, 25-minute match. So I'm, exa- I'm just even more dehydrated. And after the match, I drank a bottle of water, and I figured, you know, I thought, okay, you know, that'll help tide me over a little bit. Then we get to the little uh, Italian restaurant bar. Uh, and, you know, we're all waiting to get paid, but... So I, ha- I order a margarita, and after three sips, it just sounded like a freight train just roaring through my head and a bad headache. And so I, I said uh, <laughs> to whoever I was talking to, I said, I better go, go outside and get some fresh air. So I get, get outside. I'm on the sidewalk and leaning. They have a little brick ledge by one of the windows, and I'm sitting on that, and before you know it, I'm waking up on the sidewalk on my just face down on the sidewalk what? and I look up. Yeah, I passed out from dehydration. It was crazy. And I uh, I just put my head up, I look up and I see this woman <laughs> down at the end of the building just looking at me like her, her eyes are bugging out of her head like you know, like I must be some homeless vagrant or something. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and then when I see her and she kind of scurries off in a hurry. And right away, I'm thinking, I better get my butt up and get inside before the police come by and, you know, arrest me or something for public drunkenness or something. So arrest I get the inside the guy. door. 
<clears throat> yeah, right. I get inside the door and I see one of the guys and I said, uh, will you get Danny? I said, uh, I got to get paid. I got to get to my hotel room. I'm not feeling well. Before you know it, I'm waking up on the floor again with this guy on top of me giving whoa. me what they call a sternum rub. Whoa, whoa. And, and, uh, and you woke up going, lower, lower. <laughs> <laughs> I should have. <laughs> but I'm going, what happened? And I'm going, what, what's, what's going on? He says, just, he says, just sit here. He says, the city leans to the wall. I said, we've called an ambulance. I said, I don't need one. I said, I'm just dehydrated. I need some water. And so he brought me a big cup of water. And as soon as I started drinking it, I felt, hundred percent better but the ambulance still showed up and they still checked me out and everything and i was fine but uh it wasn't a fun experience i mean passing out twice within just a few minutes of each other so I, that was a lesson well learned stay really hydrated it was it was crazy but i'll never forget the the feeling i mean it i it really literally sounded like a freight train and then my head just spun and I got a bad headache, and then you don't even know you're passing out. All of a sudden, you wake up. Well, you hope so. Well, yeah, right? <laughs> Damn. But I begged Danny. I said, please don't tell anyone. I said, the first thing they're going to think of is pills or drugs or something. I said, and I'm clean. Well, the good thing now, Dar uh, Jerry, uh, dozens of people hear the story. <laughs> well, you know. At least 30 But people. I told the true story. Yeah, dozens. You know, you know what I got a surprise? You uh, did? Late, late, late last week. Uh-oh, what? Well, I put on, I talked about Line of Kugels on air one time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I posted about, I was drinking their, uh, their summer shandy. Mm-hmm. And I put it on Twitter. Well, they reached out and they sent me a care package. Whoa. Are you serious? Get out of wow. town. I, I swear to God. They sent me a a blow-up thing, which I don't know what the fuck it is yet because I didn't open it. <laughs> what? But they sent me a pair of things. Uh, a bathing suit. Hold on. Hold on. Lemons all over them. A, a size Lyman of Google bathing suit? Yeah. I will never fit into them. With lemons on sent, it? And they sent me the Shandy Sampler. Wow. So today I tried the Watermelon Shandy. How was that? Oh my. <laughs> I am a fan. <laughs> I'm, I'm little, trying. I'm a, little, I'm a little pissed off because they sent, um, it's, it's, it's 12 cans and, and three of each flavor. They have a, like a grapefruit, orange, um, the traditional summer Shandy. And the, the watermelon shandy. I'm a little pissed off now that there's other kinds in here because this watermelon is pretty fucking good. Well, thank wow. you to uh, to all the kind people over at Lion and Kugels. I thought that was awesome. I was I was shocked, pleasantly surprised. Yeah. They have a great Oktoberfest too. Up well, fall is coming. Oh, I better post something so I get a hair package. I didn't expect it. I'm like, ah, you know, that's just what I was drinking. Oh. And they sent it, they sent, they reached out and they, they sent it along. Nice. Look at they that. contacted, they contacted the show page. Halifax Matt said, hey. Well, here it is. Wow. What are you having now? Right now I'm drinking iced tea because I've, oh. I've put back these uh, watermelon shandies. <laughs> and I, 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 I pre-gamed uh... pre with, uh, you know, some other stuff. I pre-gamed with the Arizona green tea with ginseng and honey. That's delicious. From Wiseacre Brewing in Memphis. Nice. Ooh. They're the How ones that? that? It's, it's good. I mean, it's a little on the bitter side, but I like a strong tasting beer. And it's got a lot of, you know, a stronger tasting beer. And they're the same company that makes that gotta get up to get down uh stout i hate that fucking song <laughs> what song is that gotta get up to get down 
One, two, three, four. Get your woman on the floor. Gotta gotta get up to get down. Oh, that gotta, one. Gotta get up to get gotta down. Gotta get up to get down. Yeah. It's just as shitty when you sing it. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So what? What, so, what was the beer, Jerry? I was going to ask Mikey. Huh? What? Go ahead. What was the beer that you had that you said it had a nice coffee? It's like a mixture of beer and coffee. That's that got to get up to get down. That's the got to get up the to get down. Coffee stout. I yeah. love, I'm drinking coffee as we speak. And man, I could go for some coffee beer right now. You would love that one. It's really good. Mm. So, what in the Should we fuck? do an open? Oh, I don't know what that was. They're, they're, what Hello. is, what's going on down there? You know, they, they always do this when we're recording. Did you notice that? They throw parties. They have guests come over. <laughs> They can't stand that we're talking to each other. Then, then all of a sudden, they're changing the transmission in the dining room. I got, I got an idea, Jerry. Yes. Next time you're going to record, tell me you're talking mm-hmm. to Cody. Oh, hey. They'll get super quiet. You, you know what? I don't know if your kids are the same way, but Annabelle is always on her phone and won't give me the time of day until I'm doing this or I'm on the phone talking to someone. Then she's, it's like, won't leave me alone. She can't stand me talking to other people or something. Well, I don't get not. it. Should we do an open? We should talk, do an open. Talking about, talking about softballs. Oh, yes. Never mind. Speaking of, guess who just came up here and threatened to punch me in the face? Uh, let me guess, Annabelle? Yep. Ding, ding, ding. Well, it was you that or Pam. <laughs> well, yeah, it's a toss-up, really. Where's the sound effect? No. <laughs> no? Wait, come on. Let's hear the sound effect. No. Oh, they usually add a sound effect when they pretend to punch me in the face. I would like to hear her say, Jerry Lynn is poop. I want to hear that. Mike wants to hear you say, Jerry Lynn is poop. <laughs> Don't get shy now. Okay. <laughs> okay, say it. Jerry Lynn is poop. There you go. <laughs> I can't I wait to use that as a segue sound. Oh, yes. That will be used. <laughs> Great. <laughs> yes, it will. Oh, no. Tremendous. All right. You ready to do it? An open? I like the fact, too, that it was like poop. Not like yeah, poop. Like in New York, it'd be like, yo, fucking poop. It was like <laughs> poop. <laughs> oh. So where do we go? Welcome to another episode of Front Row Material. My name is Mike Freeland. I am joined by the ECW legends, Mr. Jerry Lynn and Mr. Mikey Whipwreck. Gentlemen, welcome back for another week. You ready to jump into it? Sure. You ready to get hammering? Well, we've been talking for a fucking half hour. You ready, you ready to pound it? hammering. <laughs> man, I tell you what, Jerry, you are like the best wingman. I tell you what. Speaking of pounding it and hitting it, well, if you're wanting to give it to someone deep, you should go ahead and cruise on over to BlueChew.com. BlueChew. It is the pill that's revolutionizing sex today. But, you know, if you have a hard time, and sometimes we all do, That erection just isn't quite working. If you go ahead and get yourself a Blue Chew, it's going to help you. It's going to help the performance all around. Now, Blue Chew is just like the other pills, but this one can work almost twice as fast. You can take it on a full or empty stomach. Once again, it has the same uh, ingredients as the other two. And uh, you don't have to go ahead and talk to a doctor. You just go ahead and fill out a few easy questions online. No waiting room, no pharmacy, nothing weird. And you can go ahead and get it shipped discreetly to your door. BlueChew.com. Remember, if you would like to go ahead and get your first order, all you got to do is go to BlueChew. That's B-L-U-E-Chew.com and use promo code ECW. If you got it hard and you don't want to pull it out, use the BlueChew.com. Give yourselves a nice big veiny erection. Just take the pill on a full or empty stomach. Remember, chew it and do it. With your with your rather hard, rather veiny cock. Yes, hard and veiny cock. And Mikey's inflatable thing. Right, he doesn't even know it. He got his 
sex toy from, uh, <laughs> what exactly do you think it is? Is it like a, a raft or what is it that you got? I'll let you know. I, I was going to say, we can, we can search for the inflatable toys later. So, should we talk about wrestling? We should talk about wrestling. In fact, we had a really, really unique episode this week. And let's talk about wrestling. Wrong answers only. <laughs> what does that mean? Stupid. I don't get it. That pissed stupid. you off so much. Stupid shit. I'm tired of fuck. This is why I'm I'm stopping following everybody. I'm t- what, what the fuck is it? What Here's does it mean? Of, Here's a picture of Ric Flair. Name this wrestler. Wrong name only. <laughs> fuck, fuck off. Why? Oh, Tommy, look, it's another picture of a wrestler. What's a funny name when you call this guy? I got an idea. Mikey fucking with Brick. That's a fucking stupid name. Oh, my God. So I had mentioned on social media, and some people had reached out to me as well, and they said they really were uh, doing a lot of binge listening to the show. And I think some people had mentioned it to you guys as well. They were binge listening to, to the episodes in the archives, and some people made some really good comments that they really liked the Paul Heyman and Tommy Dreamer. Episode. So they were wondering if there was any other ECW stars that we could talk about, maybe give a little background on, maybe tell a few stories, that kind of thing. So you guys, uh, you guys up for it? Sure. This week we will be talking about one Axel Rotten. So since I was looking into this, because I was a big Axel Rotten fan, really, really liked what he did. Axel Rotten, also known as Brian Knighton, uh, broke into wrestling at 17 years old. He dropped out of high school to go ahead and pursue his dreams of wrestling. You know, we were talking about this with Matt Kuhn, how there were so many different people that are trained by just a, a handful of trainers. The, the guys that trained Axel was Ricky Lawless and Joey Maggs. Let me ask both you guys here. Any experience with either one of those guys? Yeah, I uh, traveled and hung with Joey Meggs quite a bit when I was in the USWA down in Memphis Territory. And in, uh, also when I went to WCW, he was there also. So, yeah, hung with Joey quite a bit. Nice. Any uh, Anything from you, Mikey, as far as Ricky or Joey? Nope. I don't think I've ever met them. Okay. Either of them, actually. Okay. Well, oh, Joey passed away at a pretty young age. From he had his demons and wouldn't kick them, so uh-huh. the pills ate him up. Axel talks about medication and substance abuse and all that kind of stuff, and, and he definitely puts it very well. There's a difference between medicating yourself so you handle the injuries, and there's a different one when it's substance abuse when you're using it, obviously for you know, recreational reasons. And a lot of people start off using it to medicate their body and then it kind of morphs itself into kind of a recreational party thing. Would you guys agree that's kind of the the path that it follows? I think it just varies on different people because some people just start off right away just partying on it. Right. Yep. Especially when you're young and you're not, you know, all banged up yet. Well... Axel, it mentioned uh, it's how far as how he got his name from. I don't know if either one of you guys were familiar with this. It is a combination. Uh, Axel Rotten, Axel from obviously Guns and Roses, Axel Rose, and then the Rotten part of his name was from Johnny Rotten, who was the lead singer of the Sex Pistols. So he went ahead and he did the combination of the two, and that's how he came up with that. In 86, Axel actually worked with Frank Kane's Star Cavalcade Wrestling. Have either one of you guys heard of that? No. Nope. It wasn't very long before Axel actually started training people. And Ricky, I found out, um, was murdered is, is what it is saying right now. What uh, is that kind of what you had heard? Or did anybody else hear anything about how Ricky met his demise? No. Didn't they shoot him? That, I, I, all I, I know is that shot. he was murdered, and it very well could have been shot, yeah. But while Axel was in Frank Kane's Star Cavalcade Wrestling, he won his first title on November 30th of 88, so basically just uh, fresh into the business, he's already making an impact here. 
uh, early 90s, Axel actually started training people. And uh, here we have the, the first interesting part of this whole story. Enter John Williams. And uh, John Williams would later become Ian Rotten. And uh, Ian Rotten actually got his name from Tommy Chong's character in Get Out of My Room, which is uh, a 1985 album by Cheech and Chong. Have either one of you guys heard that album? No. Nope. Well, at that point, Axel and Ian began touting themselves as brothers, and they formed a tag team early on in Axel's career called The Bad Breed. So... Had, when did you guys first hear about Axel Rotten, or, or for Ian Rotten, for that from that matter? Gosh, Axel, I think I'd run into him a couple times before I went to ECW on some indies. I can't remember exactly where, but I didn't hear about uh, Axel and Ian being a tag team. I think till ECW. I think the first the first time I saw them was in Global. Oh, that's where I think Global. I Duh. Think I saw them. Jeez, my memory's so bad. Yeah, I forgot. Well, it was global. We're we're kind of about to going into that, and that's because I want to touch on that one with you, um, Jerry. The time in global, but around this time, I don't know if either one of you guys knew this, but Axel even started his own promotion. It was the Universal Independent Wrestling Federation. Where was it out of? It was out of the Northeast. I want to say it was near the Maryland area. <clears throat> I think it was. And then 91, Axel and Ian decided to leave Maryland, and they headed down to spend some time in Global, where they there it eventually, is, see? yep, where they became tag team champions. So, Jerry, that's probably where you crossed paths with them. Yeah, yeah. So, when you were doing when you were doing your stuff with uh, with Sean Waltman, what was that time frame range again? I think that was over the winter of 91 and 92. Nice. Do you remember as far as, you know, any interactions you had with him during that time in Global, or was it just kind of a passing type of thing? At that time, not a lot of interaction, I don't think. I mean, I think, God, it's so hard to remember. Because then it was, I was living in Nashville, because they were using a lot of Tennessee wrestlers. So we would drive to Dallas every week to do the TV and then we would head right back. So we really didn't have a lot of time to, you know, hang out or do anything. What kind of drive was that from Nashville to Dallas? I think it was nine and a half, I think. <clears throat> Jeez, oh, Pete's. Yeah. So I, I rode most of the time I was riding with Barry Horowitz. We would drive together and yeah, it was uh, just a quick in and out, just there and back. So when you, when you, let me even ask you this, Mikey, the question, like, when you're when you're performing, and then obviously you got to hit the road. How soon do you hit the road after a show's over to go ahead and try to make the next town? Do you leave immediately? Do you go out to eat first? Do you chill out or what? I like to leave right away and just go. Contrary and to popular belief, the way I look now, I would never not much one for eating. <laughs> <laughs> go on, no. So, so you know, have the show. Get in the fucking car and let's get going. Especially if you had like a, a you know four or five hour drive, right? Yeah, I just want to get the fuck out of there, get to the hotel. So you would just stay in your gear and just get in the car. Well, I'm not a fucking pig. No, <laughs> I would get dressed. If there's a shower available, well, usually there wasn't. Where I would you know take the old rubbing alcohol bath. Wow. Towel off with rubbing alcohol. Yeah, I like to do that too. Even if it was just go halfway and then get a room, just to. Cut the next day's trip a little See, bit. See, I'm, I'm a night person. So I like to, I'm up all night anyway, so that doesn't bother me. For me to have to get up early and drive in the sun, oh. Right. No, thank you. Well, plus, after a show, you still got the adrenaline, and, you know, it's hard to get, you know, to sleep right away too, or too early. Yep. So, okay, you obviously finish the show, get cleaned up, and then you get in the car and you drive for a while. Did you, and I know you guys had said this in the past, that there could be easily three, four, five guys in one hotel room. Is that right? Sometimes. How was that, though? Was that even comfortable, or 
I mean, I, I know from a cost perspective, I mean, it, it had to work. I mean, you didn't really have much of an option, but did you ever get a, get a room by yourself or was it always, hey, you have to bunk with somebody? Towards the end, I was always by myself. Okay. In the beginning where you're not making any money. Right. I mean, you just shack up. That's kind of what you do. Four or five guys in a room. Which sucked for me because, I've said it before, I don't like rooming with people. Like, I'm very, like, quirky. When I do finally get to the point where I want to go to sleep, I need to be able to just do what I want. And finally, the mood to sleep hits, which is usually only like a two-hour window. If I miss that window, I'm up, and then that's just the end of it. I need to go. The room needs to be ice fucking cold. I have to have the fucking TV on. I have to have the fucking TV on because my brain is going nonstop 24-7, 365. So I put the TV on so I can concentrate on the TV and not hear all the voices in my head. And then when he's dozing off, I try and turn the volume down slowly. <laughs> so he doesn't notice. <laughs> and I notice. <laughs> but, the, but, but the thing with that is I don't stay asleep very long. So I'll fall asleep. Every 15 minutes, I'm awake anyway. Jesus. I noticed because the yeah, volume so- would go right back up. <laughs> I tried. To, I tried to keep it down, and I, I actually would. I, I put wrestling on. I, I put down like old school WWF on, so I hear the sounds of like Gorilla Monsoon, mm-hmm. Bobby Heenan, or uh, Vince and Jesse. Just to it brings me back to my childhood, and it's familiar with me, and I kind of know it all, and I can kind of picture the matches in my head, and that just helps me fall asleep. I can't stay asleep, but once I'm awake, I need something again to turn my brain off. So if I don't have the TV on or some kind of fucking noise, I just keep thinking of this, oh, this, and this, and this. And my brain's just all over the fucking place. Well, we had a couple things in common. I like it colder. I sleep better when it's colder. That's why WrestleMania weekend sucked. And then I always would take my wrist tape and tape the curtains to the wall because I have to have it pitch black. I don't like light coming in the room. See, that's where I kind of struggle because I have to have... Oh, you had to noise. have light? Oh, no. noise. No, okay, yeah. but I needed noise, and you couldn't. And sometimes I'd take, like, a towel and put it over the TV. Sometimes that would help, but for the most part, you really, I was fucked one way or the other. Either, either there was light getting in that I would look at, and it would piss me off. Now think of all different ways I could, pin, I could get that closed, or there'd be no noise. And I'd be like, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> well... Speaking of traveling, so like here's a per- here's a perfect example. When I was in Japan, the the the, the room, you know, the, the one time I was staying, there was no English. I think, but I'd have to have the fucking TV on. I had to hear these fucking people speaking in Japanese. You no never idea what the about, fuck they were saying. You never thought about taking a Walkman with you or anything like that. Yeah, but see, but you had a Walkman, right? Right. The tape would play the fucking 20 minutes of the side. And then you hear the click snap where the tape would stop. <laughs> and then you have to worry about the headphones falling off your head. And then I worry about fucking strangling myself to death with these fucking headphones in the middle of the night. Because I fucking toss and turn like crazy. You are I was a mess. Just, I was, my, you're such a fucking rich. Stop. And I go, I'm not doing anything. Wow. My wife likes the, the, the bed made nice and the, and the sheets tucked in. Under the mattress and nice and, and I, yeah. As soon as I get to the bed, I lay down. I take the sheets. I hold on to the top by my head. I lift my feet up as high as I can get them. I pull out <laughs> the sheets from the fucking mattress. And, and, and then the, the best part is, I'll roll over. Like if, I'm gonna, if we're going to cuddle at night, I'll, I'll tell her to roll over. I'll, I'll, I'll lay next to her. I'll keep my feet and everything from out from under the blanket anyway. I always right away just. Go walk on each side of the end of the bed and pull the sheets out and untuck them. Yeah, see, I use, I use my, my legs to lift them up. And then what happens is I feel like I'm getting a workout. Because if you're one of those good, nice hotels where, like, the good heavy mattress and the good heavy sheets and they're tucked in really nice, it's a fucking struggle to get those fuckers loose. <laughs> so I feel like I'm giving myself an ab workout. <laughs> <laughs> During this time, Axel went ahead and uh, he took a little vacation 
from Global, and he spent a little time in WCW, where he had a feud with PN News. Why Axel was down there taking on PN News, guess who he became friends with? A guy by the name of Paul E. Dangerously. So we're starting to plant the seeds here of what would turn into a relationship down the road with these two. And after building a relationship with Paulie uh, during his days in WCW, Axel and Ian both left and they went to ECW because obviously Paul was then down in there and that's where, uh, that's where they landed. And uh, I don't know if a lot of people remember this, but they actually debuted at Bloodfest day one which was in uh, October 1st of 93. They defeated Chad Austin and Todd Shaw. So I know we've talked a little bit about Chad Austin. They also feuded with Hack Myers, Public Enemy, and the Pitbulls. In January of 95, Axel and Ian lost to the Pitbulls, where the stipulation of the match was the losing team had to break up. So... There was a lot of news that was reported, and I was trying to pull up some different things here. Mikey, do you remember anything about any personal heat or any personal issues that might have been between Axel and Ian? No, not not that I'm aware of. They, I mean, they, I, was still, I was still kind of new then. Right. So I didn't really get into any outside drama besides saying hello and goodbye. Let, uh, well, I'm glad you said outside drama. Let me ask you guys this. When it comes to wrestling in general, not necessarily ECW, do you feel like there's a lot of that inner that inner drama as far as just who's dating who and clicks and all that kind of stuff? Do you feel like there's a lot of that no matter what promotion yes. you're in? Yes. Wow. I've always said wrestlers are just as bad as little old ladies making a quilt together when it comes to gossip. Did you guys know that back in 1995 that Ian and Axel Rotten were actually named PWI's Feud of the Year? Yes. No, I didn't remember that. In 95? In 95. Now, what, what, is that the year they did the Taipei Deathmatch? Well, they went on to do the Taipei Deathmatch, yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, they ended up having several different matches. They had a hair versus hair at three-way dance. They had a barbed wire baseball bat at Hostile City Showdown. And the feud ended at Hardcore Heaven where they had the Taipei death match. Question. Yes. Did they both lose the hair versus hair match? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Jeez. <laughs> Jerry Lynn. Oh, bad joke. I'm sorry. Well, this one per- pertains to you, Jerry Lynn. So guess who oh, had... Boy. RVD's first match in ECW. RVD's first match? Yes. In ECW? Yes. Was it me? I have no idea. It was Axel Rotten. Oh, well, geez. (laughs) I should have known. As the story goes, uh, Axel and Paul were backstage, and they were bringing in a new guy for kind of a audition slash tryout match. And evidently, Rob was very nervous and unsettled performing in front of the ECW crowd. And he was a little nervous about the whole aura that was ECW because obviously it had such a, you know, a history of, of being kind of violent. But uh, Axel went out there and took care of him. And uh, he said he did well and made the guy look like a, a million bucks. And then, as we know, RVD was off to the races. So Axel was the one who broke in RVD. Interesting. Nice. Later in 95, Axel actually got a shot at the heavyweight title against Sandman. He tagged with other partners, notably Spike Dudley and Devon. Fast forward to 97, Axel teamed with fan favorite Balls Mahoney as they uh, created the tag team, the Hardcore Chair Swinging Freaks. So I'm sure you guys are... More familiar with, obviously, that tag team. We talked a little bit about Balls and as far as his, you know, love for chair swinging. And it got a little intense. Mikey, in fact, wrote it in his contract not to uh, to take any chair shots from him. But were those two guys that were fun just to kind of hang out with outside of wrestling? Or was it one of those deals where they kind of did their own thing? I used to hang with Axel a lot. Until things got... A little too out of control. 
Well, it, it's interesting you mentioned that because Axel had said on multiple occasions he had been fired from ECW, and there was one occasion where he and New Jack both got fired at the same time. He also told a story about how he, Tammy, and Chris got fired all at the same time when they showed up at the airport and their plane tickets just happened to be canceled. So I think, Jerry, you and I might have talked about this before, but is that a, a typical Paul Heyman thing? Instead of obviously saying something or pulling you aside to just kind of find another way to let you know that you're not going to be around? <laughs> yeah. I guess the only time it happened to me was the last couple shows when I never got a plane ticket. So I, I kind of figured that was it. Mikey, was was Paul, in, in your experiences, a very non-confrontational guy, meaning he really wasn't the one to levy or hand out any stiff conversations? Uh, he would if he had to. But not I, necessarily I, on a daily basis? or No, I don't. Paul did not like being the boss as far as being like the heavy. That was always my opinion. Was I mean, I knew Tommy was involved heavily, but obviously he wasn't somebody who was going to pull people aside and have heavy conversations about, hey, you're, you're not coming back or anything like that. Oh, Am I would. correct? He For Tommy Wood? Oh, if, towards the end of it, yeah. Did did people look at Tommy as just one of the guys still, or did they look at him as oh he is he is management as well? Uh, it depends how you knew him, I think. Okay. Like to me, Tommy was just Tommy. Like I didn't, you know, he was always kind of up there as far as like the office goes. Right. But Tommy's Tommy, and even today, like he just he's Tommy. Like I never think of him any differently. Because Tommy doesn't really give a fuck. If you come, do your job, don't cause drama and everything else, I don't think there's going to ever going to be a problem. Right. But if you're Have, missing bookings or you're not showing up for, you're not showing up at the airport on time, all kinds of stuff like that, well, then there's going to be problems. Do either one of you guys remember a time when Tommy had to have a serious heart-to-heart with somebody? Yeah, I mean, he's did it to me a couple of times. What'd you do? Well, I was, I was a bit vocal in my displeasure about the pay scale the way things oh, were well were going and I was like what the fuck and like and I was I was talking to people I knew you know what I mean like my circle mm-hmm. but other people were over listening and then stooging it off oh oh Tommy hey <laughs> did he use the Batman voice he did <laughs> but, it was, but it's less gruff you know but he just said hey People hear you talking about pay. It's not cool. <laughs> you might want to stop. Okay, I'll see you later. <laughs> you know, very like, okay, cool. I get it. I like, I fucked up. Okay. But, but uh, I mean, he had to be a little upset too about the whole thing. I mean, he had to understand the fact that you guys weren't getting paid. You weren't getting paid on time. You know, a lot of promises were being made. People have families and whatnot. He has a family, you know, he's married. It, I mean, he had to have understood the frustration. Yes. Yes. So I, but I my, don't... my frustration and my uh, insubordinate, my childish way of vocalizing about somebody else who's not doing half what I was doing, getting paid more than me, was the way I was handling it was inappropriate. Right. And I should have went right to Paul and said, hey, listen. Yeah, 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 right to him instead of bitching about it in my circle. Now, granted, people in my circle were going to tell Paul anyway, but they would have done it, you know, on the side off the record. I was stooged off by somebody else. Did you guys ever worry about that? I mean, as far as, you know, if you're if you're going to blow a gasket, if you're going to say something in a moment to make sure who you're around is or who is around you, I should say, even in the ECW locker room because of situations like that, somebody's going to go ahead and report back on you? No. <laughs> I've made that mistake a few times, blowing my gasket, and then a couple times it's come back to haunt me. 
But once again, like I, I'm not trying to defend you guys because, you know, we do the show. But I mean, I can honestly see where people would get pissed. And, you know, to me, it seems like everything that, that we've talked about and you guys have told me privately, yes, there, there might have been a better forum or a better way of delivering the message. But at the heart of the matter, no, it, it's a very valid thing to be upset about. So I guess maybe it's more about the presentation than maybe the context that it was being said in. So the, 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 See, the problem I had was the person who was getting paid this money was almost bragging about it. That's just stirring the pot. Yeah, that's right. But cool. I, but I don't think they were stirring. They were bragging about it to brag about it. I just think they were young, like like I was. Mm-hmm. And we were just saying, "Hey guys, you know, la, you know, la la la, you know, la, la, la. you know." I I don't think it was done maliciously. Just young and dumb. Yes, and I was young yeah. and dumb instead of doing it the right way. Now right. later on, I knew who what to say and who to say it to. If I wanted right. to word to get word to Paul, if I didn't want to handle it, if like if I wanted to talk to Paul about something, and or I want to talk to Taz about something, and I don't want to do it directly because I wasn't ready to, or I was a little bit chicken shit to go, you know, to to go up to him and say, hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. Then I would talk about things in front of certain people, knowing we get back to Paul. So Mikey, I hear, yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, well, yeah, okay. So make them approach the subject instead of me bringing it up because I was a chicken shit. Well, okay. Let me ask you this question. I think so that's what, like anything anywhere. If if you want to, if if you want, if you want something to get to somebody and you don't want to be the one actually stirring it, you know what to say and who to say it to, right? For word for the fire to spread. So, as far as you not maybe talking to either one of them directly, was there a reason? Did you think that they would give you grief for it, or they would just blow you off, or they wouldn't take you seriously, or no? It was a chicken shit. That they would fire you? No. I am just very bad at initiating conversation. He just didn't want confrontation. Right. And then if confrontation, I'm just, especially with Paul, like I was very intimidated by Paul in a one-on-one situation if it came to business. Because one, he broke me in, so I had loyalty to him for one. Two, he was so much smarter than I was. And I couldn't play, I couldn't politic if my life depended on it. So I didn't even bother. Like I'm like, okay, no, I'm not going to. Do it, but if I wanted to get something across, I, like I said, I know who to say it to. Where we get the right. Paul, where Paul would come to me and say, "So," and he would bring up the subject, and then we'd have the conversation, not me initiating it. Well, okay. What about this situation? If you did have something you wanted to say, Mike or even Jerry, for that matter, and either Paulie or or Tommy or whoever, that would be the ones you would talk to, right? Did they make themselves readily available if you did want to talk to them? Or was it also a situation of, well, I don't even know when I'm going to have this conversation. I could pretty much talk to as a dreamer whenever I wanted. Okay. Paul, I assume, was a different situation. I can get him at the building. And if he wanted to talk to you, he would make the time. If he really didn't right. want to have the conversation, like, eh, I don't really want to fucking get into this, he would be, he would be too busy. Right. But, no, there are plenty of times I... I would just want to talk to Paul later on as I matured a bit. Right. And he made the time for me. Well, I mean, it's interesting that or you guys. Or we phone tag. I'll call you in five minutes. <laughs> three yeah. weeks later. Well, it, hey, what do you want to fu- talk about? Um, three weeks ago. What the fuck was that about? The whole five minutes thing, because Axel was telling a story about how he headed to the airport and he had found out that he, I guess, pseudo or whatever was fired when his ticket had been canceled and he then called um candido and tammy and said hey you're not going to believe this but my plane ticket's been canceled and then they ended up saying on the phone oh my god so have ours and axel said i'm going to call paul so he calls paul and paul then puts this kind of I, I don't even know what you would want to call it, just a, a, an act or whatever, and said, what? I can't believe it. That, that can't be right. I'm going to I'm gonna call the airlines. Hold on a second. Her name her name is Linda. Hold, hold on. Let me call you right back. I got her on the other line. She's giving me a confirmation number. This is going to get handled. So 
Axel tells a story. He goes, all right, well, I hung up and I waited. And then I call, <laughs> I called Tammy and Chris back and I said, hey, um, he's going to, I'm supposed to call him back in five minutes. He's got, evidently there was an, a mix up with the airline. Everything's going to be fine. He's working on getting a confirmation, getting me on the next flight. And then Axel says he called back and it rang forever. And that was, that was that. So Axel basically went on to say, you know what? If I was going to get fired, I don't even care. Fire me. That's fine. But don't make me get out of bed, get dressed, get in my car, drive to the airport, park the car, you know, go through security and all this kind of stuff just to get to the ticket terminal or the desk. And then to find out that I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be used that week. So I don't know that that's why I kind of got the feeling it was kind of passive aggressive when it came, when it came to Paul. So that's just the way I interpret it when I heard these stories. Well, that just sounds like him. Yeah. But it was funny when you said five minutes, literally it's almost verbatim what Axel said in the interview. So. Well, Cause he told everybody that. Well, after their, uh, Taipei match, uh, Axel, uh, ended up leaving ECW in 99 and went to work for XPW and some other promotions. But then Axel returned to an ECW event called Hardcore Homecoming. Uh, and then he then again reunited with Ian. Uh, 2012, Axel wrestled Balls Mahoney at Extreme Reunion. And he also made an appearance at WWE's One Night Stand. And then he also made one appearance, finally, for TNA in 2010. Spinal injuries during his final years forced him out of the ring, and subsequently he ended up in a wheelchair um, where he had talked about his C3, 4, and 5 had collapsed, and uh, he had no circulation, no feeling in his lower extremities, and he went into a rehab facility, and then I do not know if he ended up having the spinal surgery. But didn't somewhere along the way he end up having a stroke too? Well, he uh, it was... It was believed he had a stroke. He was misdiagnosed because he actually had uh, started developing Bell's palsy. Okay, that's what it was then. All right. Yeah. So it, it just, it sounds like the guy, you know, I, I hate to say this when it comes to wrestlers because, I mean, this is my passion in life. I really love wrestling, but it seems like all the stories kind of end very similarly. Like everybody's just beat to shit and... You know, if you're lucky enough to be able to walk away, then that's that's a huge bonus. Would you guys agree? Well, yeah, but you know, if you do this for any significant amount of time, I mean, you're going to need surgeries. I mean, you're going to end up walking out of it banged up. There's just no way around it. The human body wasn't made for this. The other thing I wanted to mention to you guys was uh, he had mentioned that he had gotten fired a couple times from Paul, and he said that his uh, his drug problem had actually become a big problem, and it was he was more of a liability to the company than he was an asset. And he talked about you know passing out in bathrooms, not knowing where he's at, that kind of stuff. Does any of that stuff ring a bell? Does any of that stuff sound familiar? Oh yeah, remember when I told you the story about the person where we we had the we were at the building with the dirt floor, and we right. were dressing where the livestock used to be. Right. Well, I walked in the bathroom. It was Axel in there saying, quick, shut the door, watch the door, as he's chopping up some lines of Coke on top of the paper towel dispenser. Jeez. Wow. And that's when I thought, well, why don't you just do it off the toilet seat while you're at it? And I loved Axel. He was a great guy, nice yes, and everything. And, you know... Every time he got on the mic, I'd watch him because he could get any crowd fired up. He was great. In the interview he did with Raven, Raven actually really complimented him a lot. He said he is a very intelligent, just human being in general. He has great acumen and IQ for the wrestling business. The things that he said that always kind of held him back was his physique and being overweight him talking to Axel multiple times saying, you got to get in the gym, got to get in the gym. And uh, Axel just kind of chalks it up just to being lazy. He didn't really even, even try to defend that. So he, he does believe he could have gotten farther if his physique did look better. He was so far, he was so more over than his push. Yeah. He always got a great reaction coming out. 
Yeah. Always. And he was such such a great fucking guy. Like when he was straight or fairly straight, he was so fun to be around. I remember when Kiss did a reunion tour, 96, was it? When they first got back together. He followed up he followed them up and down the East Coast. And our favorite song was Cold Gin. My my heat is broken, I'm so tired. And just the way Gene Simmons sang that line, we just found it fucking funny. And we see them going, so tired. No. <laughs> <laughs> just being stupid. And every night he would go to a kiss concert. He would call me up when they started playing Cold Gin and we would sing together. My heat is broken. I'm so tired. Every night that he was on the tour. We actually went to the same show at Madison Square Garden. And I was up in the luxury box that uh, tickets that my friend got me. And he, he scalped tickets uh, down on the floor. And he called me. And we were in the same building. And he called me anyway. And he goes, can you see me? Can you see me? I'm like, I can see you. He's like three rows back. And it came on. And he called me. And it was just, you know, we, we, had, we, had, we had a lot of fun. But like I said, then once he started to get really out of control, then I'm like, no, I, I can't. I can't fucking do this. No, I, just, I just couldn't hang out with him anymore. It was sad. Wow. And, it, and I didn't talk to him for years and years and years. And I talked to him the day after Thanksgiving, 2015. After he had, he'd been in uh, rehab for his, for his back and everything else. Mm-hmm. And just talking to him, and he was straight, and it was like talking to the old Axel. It was fucking, you know, we talked for like an hour and a half, and it was just fucking fun. Just talking on the phone, goofing off, laughing, laughing about dumb shit we used to laugh about, and, and just it was a great conversation. And then, you know, we said, okay, well, you know, we'll talk in a couple weeks. You know, just whenever, pick up the phone whenever, and never heard from him again. And then I heard that once. Um, Hack Myers died in like December, I think. 2015, maybe it was. That he went back um, off the wagon. And I think a couple, couple months after that, he was dead. Yeah, Axel uh, was actually found dead by police, as has been reported, in McDonald's bathroom in Lithicum, if I'm saying that right. Uh, Maryland on February 4th, 2016. An autopsy was... Uh, performed and it showed that Knighton's cause of death was due to a heroin overdose. In July of 2016, his estate was named part of a class action lawsuit filed against WWE, which alleged that wrestlers incurred traumatic brain injuries during their tenure and that the company concealed the risks of injury. Uh, Let's see here. It says on October 21st, 2016, it was also revealed Knighton suffered from CTE. District Judge Vanessa Lynn Bryant dismissed the lawsuit in September of 18. So, yeah. Wow. What a, what a, what a tough way, you know, to have the final chapter of your life written when so many people, and I've read different things and, you know, the quotes from, from different wrestlers say that he was a really good guy. Unfortunately, he had some missteps along the way. Um, and he himself even said in multiple interviews that he does, did deserve to be fired. He said, I, I didn't have it together. And uh, it doesn't seem like to me, and, and granted, I'd never met the guy, but he didn't make a whole lot of excuses, meaning he openly admitted a lot of these things. And it wasn't as if it was, you know, conjecture or he was trying to spin something or, well, it was because of X, Y, and Z. But... um no, he was but never yeah. full of shit. No, that, that's what I mean. He was never trying to BS anybody about it. He was... But, uh, I don't know. It's hard to talk about because... Because he's a nice guy. He was a nice guy. And we were, at one point, we were, we were pretty good friends. And sometimes I feel like... I don't know. That maybe I didn't try hard enough. To help him. That when it got really tough and heavy, I kind of just couldn't hang with him anymore. Well, I think in the same breath, you you have to, I mean, 
you have to do what's best for you as well. You know, you, you can't lose sight of that. No. So. I know, but still, I just. Right. It doesn't make it any easier. You know, it, it's really interesting, you guys. Like, I don't know, like being a wrestling fan in general and just watching, you know, DVDs, VHSs, whatever over the years and then doing this show with you guys. And man, there is, there's a ton of stories out there. And the stories that are behind the people are more fascinating than anything that ever happened in the ring. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. I always said years ago that, you know, if you had a camera just filming behind the scenes, it would be a a lot more entertaining and get a lot better ratings than a lot of uh, reality shows. So, obviously, before we uh, we close the book here on... uh, on Axel Rotten, um, any any final comments or thoughts on him? Any you know classic moments of him? I mean, and, I'll, and he even said in some interviews that he didn't want to be remembered. He didn't want to be known as just a hardcore, bloody, freaky guy. You know, he he was a good technical wrestler who even Raven said this. He could chain wrestle. He could do it. Oh yeah. But people wanted to see that at that time. That's what was really hot. And he said he just went with it. He also talked about how a lot of fans would come up to him and ask him to see the scars. And and Axel said, here, look at my body. He goes, you see most of this right here? I try to make sure that the injuries as far as the glass, the barbed wire, all of that is all on one side of my body. So if I'm going to get hurt or scarred up or whatever, it's going to be in the same areas. So I don't continue to spread it everywhere else on me. So I thought that was interesting that... Even when he was, you know, getting very extreme with the barbed wire and all of that stuff, he was very calculated on how he was going to let that affect his body. Yep. I'll never forget. Super smart. We were at, uh, a bunch of us landed at the airport around the same time. There was two, there was a car in front of us and we were, a bunch of us were in a van and Axel was in the passenger seat. And as we all got our bags all loaded up and we start taking off, we're in us in the van, we're following the car in front of us. They got the directions to the hotel. And some guy in a pickup goes and cuts us off. And of course, I can't remember who was driving, but they were laying on the horn. And so the guy thinks he's going to be a tough guy and he slams on the brakes in front of us, gets out of the truck. Axel's like, that's it. He gets out of the passenger seat and he starts cutting a promo on the guy. And as soon as the guy saw Axel, he just stopped dead in his tracks. And Axel just proceeds to cut the promo on him. The guy just hightailed it, got in his truck and left. <laughs> but, wow. But, and it wasn't wow. a bad promo. He was just telling, you know, just flat out told him, hey, what are you doing? You know, you cut us off. We're following, we're following a car in front of you. And you cut us off. He said, quit being a butthole. But that just when, as soon as the guy saw Axel, he just stopped dead in his tracks and started backpedaling. Oops. Yeah. (laughs) My bad. (laughs) Wow. Oh, yeah. Well, that's all I got as far as my notes here. So I hope everybody, uh, and there's a lot more that obviously we could, we could go into. We wanted to obviously hit the cliff notes here and, and let the boys tell their feelings and stories about Axel and I I think we did him I think we did him well I think we did him justice today and uh, you know when this episode airs if if you guys had ever gone out and seen him perform or met him or anything like that go ahead and tag us and let us know your interaction with Axel because the the more the fans share these things obviously it's neat to be able to uh, to hear everyone's interactions so a lot of wrestlers gone too soon Mm -hmm. way too soon too many yep uh, I did have one other thing, piece of business I want to talk about before we do anything else. Please send me that. I'm in a great fucking mood now. I was just about to say, <laughs> sorry, I'm going to be more uplifting now. Um, in ECW style, <laughs> I'm going to have a three-way dance. This is what's going to happen. You guys have been asking a lot of questions about the impression off. Ah, oh, what the fuck, Mike? Come on. Yeah, you, you what's screwed the happen? pooch on that one. Hey, well, no, well, hold on. Hold on a second. So what we're going to do is we're going to have a three-way dance here. So I'm going to announce the three people that we are going to have. I'm going to go ahead three and people. set up the time. It's going to be a three-way dance. Yes. It's going to be we three people. We have four inches. So, might as well make it four. Yeah. 
We're going to have E.J. Miller, who's obviously going to do his Paul Heyman. Uh, Chris Hamrick is obviously going to come on and do his Jim Cornette. And uh, Greg Brown is going to be doing his Macho Man Randy Savage, the uh, the video that everyone saw on Twitter, which he cut a promo on me, Mikey and Jerry, with the uh, with the lunchbox. So we're going to bring them on. Arrogant They're all going to do their thing, and we'll award the winners their prizes. Hold on. What? No, I'm not done yet. I was talking about you and saying goodbye for about four hours. <laughs> I think we're getting the, the heads up that we should probably... Uh, well, I got to get going, too. We got to go home. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll leave that for next week. Let's but, take it um, home. We're getting the go-home queue. We, we are. got the go-home queue about 45 minutes ago. Yeah. Shoot. All right. What's the matter? That's... Oh. oh, no. Went over on your time. Like he just ate, yeah, like that's not good. Guys, if you're digging what we're doing, head on over to Pro Wrestling Tees. You can go ahead and get a Mikey Whipwreck Jerry Lynn shirt, or you can get a shirt from us here at Front Row Material. Shop.spreadshirt.com forward slash FRM pod. You can go ahead and get some stuff over there as well. Hit Mikey up with a DM. He'd be more than happy to get you the Etch Sketch autographs. 8 by 10s he has as well. What is in the car? Wow. I spit that out really fast because I knew I knew shit's going down in that household. Mikey. I was going to make a comment. I don't think that would be a good idea right now. But you still in the room. <laughs> <laughs> what? Still in the room. Oh, God. Oh, boy. For Mikey Whipwreck and Jerry Lynn, my name is Mike Freeland. Thanks for listening again this week. You've been listening to Front Row Material. The world of NLW Radio never stops. 